Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. Help me out all over the room today. Raise your hand. How many of you are excited about a new year? Come on, right? Now, go ahead and put them down. How many of you have some goals for this year? Some things that you want to accomplish? How many of you wrote some of those things down? Come on, right? Some of you, if you didn't write them down, you're not going to accomplish them, right? How many of you have already messed up on some of those goals, right? Yeah, a few of us. Hey, I love a new year. It's always an exciting time. And it's always like, you know, there's this hope and there's this anticipation that I'm going to have a good year, that this is going to be the year that my life's going to be different, that maybe some of you are going, hey, man, this is the year that we're going to get out of debt. This is the year that we're going to have a better marriage. This is the year that we're going to lose the weight. This is the year that my wallet's going to be fatter and my waistline's going to be skinnier. Come on, how many know what I'm saying, right? In fact, I saw a little meme during Christmas season that said, Santa, all I want this year is a fatter wallet and a skinnier waistline and don't get them mixed up like you did last year, right? Right? And man, so many times we go into the new year with all these hopes, all these dreams, all these things that we want to see happen in our lives in the new year. And hopefully you have that anticipation. Hopefully you have that hope and that faith as we move into this new year. But here's what I know about some of you, because I know it about me as well, that when I move into a new year, sometimes I got some goals, but at the same time, sometimes I got some regrets. Sometimes I got some shame. Sometimes I look back and I go, but you know what? I set those goals last year and I didn't accomplish them. Come on, how many can relate to that, right? And many times we can look at our lives and we can go, man, I wish I would have kept doing last year what I said I was going to do, right? And so that's why in this series that we're beginning today, we want to help you to be able to look back one year from now. Everybody say, one year from now. In January of 2024, we want you to be able to look back and go, my life is different because of what I started today. In fact, we want to turn last year's regrets into next year's reality. Come on, you like that? That God wants to do greater things in your life. There is some new and there is some next that God wants to lead you to in this coming year. And it's going to happen with some things that you're going to start and some things that you're going to stop and some times when it will be tempting to quit, but you're going to stay and some times when it will be tempting to kind of sit back and be comfortable, but you're going to step out and you're going to go. And we believe God's got greater things, next things, new things that he wants to do in our hearts and in our lives this year. We're going to look back from now and go one year from now, man, my life is different. And how many know if that's going to happen, it's only going to happen because it all started with God. Come on, right? Everybody say that. It all starts with God. It all starts with God. Like no change is going to happen in your life this year unless you invite God to bring the change in your life. Come on, guess what? You can't change on your own. If you could, you already would have, right? And it's going to be because we invite God into the process and God's going to be the one that brings the change. It all starts with him. In fact, that's why starting today, everybody nudge your neighbor and say it starts today. Starting today, we are starting what we're calling six days of prayer, and it starts actually tonight at 5 p.m. We're going to gather for a time of worship and a time of prayer to kick off the week, and then Monday through Friday of this next week, we're going to be gathering twice every day at 6.30 in the morning and 6.30 in the evening, gathering just to pray and start off our year with God, right? 
Some of you may be able to come before work. Maybe you can come after dinner. Some of you can make all of those times. Some of you make a few of them. But I believe if you will make the effort to show up tonight and throughout this next week to say, hey, I'm starting with God, that God will do a work and bring about the change in your life, right? Speaking of starting, that's what we're going to talk about today. In fact, I believe that if your year is going to be different, if you're going to look back a year from now and say, my life is different, it's going to be because you started some stuff. It's going to be because you had some new habits, maybe some new routines, maybe some new disciplines, maybe because you started some things that are going to lead to change in your life. You don't become different by just saying, I want to be different. You become different by beginning new habits and routines in your life. But how many know that's tough? Right? Because how many know we've all done that before, right? We started something really strong at the beginning of the year, and then it, you know, it kind of began to fade, and kind of the desire began to fade, and, and it's kind of hard to finish what you start, isn't it, right? In fact, I read a statistic recently that said 92% of all New Year's resolutions fail. Did you get that? 92%. That means nine out of 10 people start something, but don't finish it. And most sermons would kind of focus on that, but I want to look at it from the other side. I want to think about the 8%. Come on, how many of you want to be the 8%, right? The 8% that start and finish. The 8% that can look back a year later and say, hey, my life is different because of some things that I started. And if that's going to happen, then there's going to be some changes that are going to have to happen in our lives. In fact, I love this quote that I heard from Craig Rochelle just recently. And I I love what he says. He says, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Check that out. Like if you're going to be successful this year, it's not going to be because of the things that you just kind of do every once in a while. It's going to be because you start some habits, some routines, some disciplines that you do consistently and regularly in your life. It's the things that you do over and over and over that make the difference in your life. And some of us, the reason that we never really see the change is because we never began the consistent habits in our lives. In fact, here's what we tend to do is we want the change to happen immediately, right? Instantly, like, okay, I'm going to play the lottery and I'm going to win. And then all of a sudden, all of my financial problems are going to be, you know, fixed, right? I'm going to get that magic, you know, diet pill, and suddenly in two days I'm going to lose 40 pounds and my whole health problems are going to be all over, right? Some of you are rolling your eyes because you don't do that. I know you don't do that, but here's what we do sometimes as Christians is we think I'm going to come to church one time and that pastor's going to pray for me and then instantly, suddenly, my whole life's going to be different. And here's the deal. I do believe that God can instantly change you. How many believe that, right? We see that in the Bible. But most of the time, what I have experienced and even what I see in the Bible is that God wants us to participate in the change with him. And it's not something that just happens instantly. And it's not just something that happens when we do a few things occasionally. It's the things that happen when we begin the habits, those things that we do consistently that make the change in our life. So that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. I want to talk about why is it so hard to change? Why is it that we start stuff and don't finish stuff? And I just wrote down three thoughts. If you're taking notes, you can go ahead and write them down today. The first reason is this, is that so many times we have strong desires, but weak disciplines. Isn't that true? 
Like for most of us, here's the deal. Our problem for most of us is not our desires because we have strong desires, right? Like most of you, I could ask you, what do you want to change this year? How do you want your life to be? And you go, man, I have a desire to be out of debt or I want to, you know, I really want to have a better marriage. I really want to be closer to God. Like we have, we have these desires that are inside of us. The problem is not that we don't know what we want to do. The problem is that we don't have the discipline oftentimes to do it. We have the desire, but not the discipline. So let's talk about discipline for just a minute. What does it mean to be disciplined? Does it mean like I wake up every morning? Anybody ever know those people that you just think they seem so disciplined? Does it mean like to be disciplined? I wake up every morning and I just automatically just want to do all the right things. No, that's not what discipline means at all. Actually, discipline means the exact opposite of that. Discipline means even when I don't want to do it, I still do it. In fact, I like this definition that I heard one time about discipline. To be disciplined means to choose what you want most over what you want in the moment. That's what discipline is. Discipline is when I choose the thing that I want the most even more than the way that I'm feeling in the moment. And how many know that's why it's hard? Because we have desires, right? Like we start the year with these big plans, these big desires. What we want to do is like, oh, I want to lose this weight. And it feels so good in the moment when you write down the goal and you say, that's what I'm going to do this year. But when that moment passes and I'm not feeling the way I was feeling when I made the goal, but now I'm feeling hungry. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And my kids are eating the cheeseburger and those french fries and that Happy Meal are calling my name. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, I know what I want, but I'm not sure if I have the, dis- the discipline to actually do, oh, I want to be out of debt. Man, this year's going to be the year. We're going to get on our budget. We're going to make it all happen. And we do real good for a little while, but then we're working real hard. And man, it's time for vacation. And that expensive beach vacation is calling our name. Come on, right? And what we want in the moment sometimes supersedes the thing that we really want the most. We want to grow in the Lord. Oh, man, I really want to grow in the Lord. But <laughs> the Cowboys are playing during the worship night. Come on, right? <laughs> Maybe that one hit a little too close to home for today. <laughs> like, here's the deal. What is discipline? Discipline is doing what I, what I should even when I don't feel like it. It's making the choice to do what I want most over what I want or feel in the moment. And so many times the reason that we don't bring change in our life, we don't allow God to change us is because we have these strong desires, but we have weak discipline. In fact, it reminds me of these two guys in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. There were these two brothers, Jacob and Esau. And Esau was the oldest of the brothers. In fact, because he was the oldest, he, does, he was the one who would get the birthright or basically he would get the inheritance, right? And Esau was a hunter. And so one day he was out hunting in the field. And after hunting all day long, he comes into the house and he's tired and he's worn out and he's, and he's hungry from hunting all day long. And there's his brother, Jacob. Now his brother, Jacob, his name actually meant deceiver. This was a guy who was not, you know, such a great guy before God changed his life. And so Esau comes in and goes, man, what are you doing? And Jacob says, I'm cooking the soup. And Esau smells the soup and it smells so good. And I'm so hungry and I'm so tired. And he says to Jacob, he says, Hey, give me some of that soup. And Jacob goes, all right, I'll give you some of that soup, but you got to give me your birthright. You got to give me the inheritance. Now, how many know that's the dumbest trade of all time? (laughs) 
How many of you would trade your inheritance for a bowl of soup? No, not until you're hungry. I'm starving to death, right? Come on. And isn't that what happens so many times? Like we trade in our inheritance. We trade in what God has for us, the potential and the things that he wants to bring, the change he wants to bring in our lives, the desires that he's placed in our lives so many times. We trade those off for the thing that we feel or want right in the moment. And that's why discipline is so important because discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want right now. Discipline is choosing to be focused even when you don't feel it. In fact, this is what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He's talking about this race that they used to run back in those days. It was called the Ithmius Games. It's kind of like our Olympics today. And these athletes, they would, they would train themselves for, for months. They would go on a strict diet and they would train in the extreme cold. In fact, they would throw off all of their clothes just so that nothing would hinder them from and slow them down from running. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? But, but like they, they, were, they were strictly like disciplined in this race. And Paul points to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. And he says, our life is kind of like that. Look what he says. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to what? Run to win. All the athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for a what? For an eternal prize. So I run. How? With purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I, might, I myself might be disqualified. What is Paul saying? Paul's saying, hey, I know the goal and I'm running with purpose in every step. And because my eyes are focused on the purpose, because my eyes are focused on the desire that God has placed in my heart to be all that God was, has called me to be, then I run with purpose in every step and I discipline myself. I don't just think, hey, I'm just gonna show up. No, I've got to discipline myself in order to see God bring the change. Why is it so hard to change? It's, sometimes it's because we have strong desires, but we have very weak disciplines. But then notice the second thing. Why is it hard to change? Secondly, because when the results are delayed, we often get discouraged. How many of you ever been there before? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, man, I've been doing this for seven days and I still hadn't lost the weight. Come on, right? Like, I got the goal. I'm being disciplined. But, but it's not happening as fast as I would like it to happen. And all my friends are out having fun and I'm sitting at home working on homework as I decided to go back to school, you know, or all my friends are eating ice cream and I'm sitting over here sucking on a Tic Tac. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard, right? I showed up at the gym four times and I gained two pounds. What's the deal with that, right? And it gets discouraging, right? Like I'm doing the things, I'm being disciplined but the results aren't coming as fast as I want them to come. The change is not happening as quickly as I would like for it to happen. And in those moments, it's easy sometimes to get some false thoughts. In fact, if you're taking notes, just two false thoughts that happen in those moments when the, when the results are delayed. Number one, we start to think that small bad decisions don't matter much. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Like I ate two donuts and nobody even noticed. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not that big a deal. And here's the deal is that a few small decisions are not a big deal. Most people don't wreck their life with one decision. But here's what happens. Over time, it starts to add up. 
And those small bad decisions start to be big things in our lives. Sometimes that's what happens when the, when the results are delayed. We start thinking the small bad decisions don't matter much. But then other times we start thinking the small good decisions don't matter much. Well, I went to church three times this month and I don't feel any closer to God. Like, you know, we tithed like, you know, three times and, and we didn't see a big blessing. Like I showed up at the gym like seven times in the last eight days and I'm not any thinner than I was. It's not really making any difference. But here's the actual truth is that your hard work and your disciplines and your sacrifice and your faithfulness is not being wasted. It's actually being stored up. See, all the small bad decisions, they add up, but all the small good decisions, they are stored up. In fact, this is what the Bible says about it. Galatians chapter six and verse nine, let us not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. You keep doing the right thing over and over and over. And eventually when the proper time comes, you will see the results. Now, some of you, you're a little bit like me and you, you get in the middle of the deal and you get, get discouraged. So what do you do? Well, here's something that's helped me. I began doing this in my goals years ago and it's been helpful. And that is this, in those moments, instead of making the result the reward, make the routine the reward. Here's what I mean about that. Instead of waiting until I've lost the weight and then, oh, I'm gonna celebrate. Instead of waiting until we paid off the debt and then, oh yeah, 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 we paid it off. No, 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 no. Start celebrating the fact that you're just doing the work. And every time you put in the input, get yourself a gold star. You know what I'm saying? Put yourself a check mark. Like, like find, find fulfillment in the fact that you just showed up and you did it. In fact, here's what a lot of us do is we make, you know, go into New Year, make a weight goal. You know, I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. And then when you don't hit 20 pounds, maybe you have, maybe you lost 15 pounds, but you're like, oh, I didn't hit my goal. And so you're discouraged or it's not happening as fast as you'd like. You get discouraged, right? Maybe you would decide instead of making a weight goal, you make an input goal. Instead of saying, I'm gonna lose 20 pounds this year, maybe you say, I'm gonna do 200 workouts this year. So you can't control whether you lose 20 pounds or not, but you can control whether you show up and do the workouts, right? It's an input goal. And you can celebrate that. You feel good about yourself. Man, look, I did. You know, I checked it off, gave myself a gold star, posted it on Facebook so everybody can like it. You know what I'm saying, right? You celebrate that. And then at the end of the year, here's what happens. I bet if you put in 200 workouts this year, you may not lose 20 pounds, but you're going to lose some weight. Come on, right? And here's the deal. You've made the input the thing that was more important, not just the result of the input. Some of you go, oh man, I just want to be super spiritual Superman this year. Hey, guess what? How do you even, how do you even measure that, right? Some of you go, I want to grow in the Lord. Man, that's so out there. How do you even know? And sometimes it's easy to get discouraged because like I want to grow in the Lord I don't feel like I'm growing in the Lord and there's no way to even measure it but instead what you could measure is hey I'm going to read my Bible five days a week every every week this year I'm going to put in the input can you imagine your life might be different a year from now if you did if you read your Bible five days a week every come on right I'm going to show up to church you know let's say hey we'll give you a little grace 46 times out of 52 this year come on right (laughs) just imagine your life could be different they, oh man, I want to be, I want to have this perfect marriage. Nobody has a perfect marriage. And how would you even know if it's, you know, it's not perfect because you're in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but maybe instead you'd say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to make some input goals instead of saying, hey, I want to have a, a great marriage. No, we're going to pray together three nights a week. 
before we go to bed. We're going to have 12 date nights this year. Or I'm going to do the dishes twice, you know, a week. Every, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. And you can check those things off and you can actually, guess what happens? It changes the way you feel about yourself as you start doing it. In fact, I'll just be real. Like, I struggle with these type things too as a pastor. So many times I can get focused sometimes too much on the results. Man, attendance wasn't good and the church is not growing as fast as I would like it or not enough people got saved today or, or whatever. And I can get so focused on the results that I can get discouraged. And so I've had to do this even as a pastor. In fact, I, this is one of my goals this year. I'll just tell you one of, my, one of my goals is that I wanna have 52 input goals this year. That means 52 times on Sunday, I'm gonna show up not looking at the results. I'm just gonna go, I prayed, I studied, I prepared, I loved people with all of my heart. And that means I'm successful. Come on, right? And when you start doing that day in and day out, like in the end, like if you put in the inputs, eventually you're going to like the outcome. It's kind of like a slinky. Anybody ever played with a slinky before? How many ever played with a slinky before? All of y'all that were born before 1976, you were playing with a slinky. It's hard to find a slinky nowadays because everybody wants video games and all that kind of stuff. And so I went to Target last night, looked for a slinky. This was the only one I could find. It was in the dollar section, but I'm glad for the dollar section, right? I got a green one for LifeGate. That's our color, right? But you think about a slinky. A slinky doesn't do anything. It just sits there until you set it in motion. And then after you set it in motion, even then it takes a while for it to, for it to move, Right? It's like there's a lag. That's what makes it fun. When you put it on the stairs, it goes down the stairs. It's watching it. It's like it's, it's, like it's walking, right? And it's the lag part that makes it actually fun, right? And here's the deal, that sometimes when we want to see change in our life, it's like a slinky. We're just sitting there, and you've got to set it in motion. And when you start those disciplines, and you start those habits, and you start those putting those inputs in, it sets it in motion. But a lot of times, after you set it in motion, it takes a little, there's a little lag before you see the result that happen in your life. But if you don't give up and if you don't quit, come on, like the Bible says, it says, don't grow weary in doing good because at the proper time, there's a harvest that is coming if you just don't give up and quit. And even if you don't receive all, like see all of the rewards and all of the results, like it changes the way you see yourself because you just kept showing up over and over and over again. And that leads me to my third thought. And that is this. So many times it's hard to change because we have strong desires and weak disciplines and we get discouraged when the results are delayed. But here's a huge one today, and that is this, that a lot of times we have plenty of do goals, but not enough who goals. Here's what I mean about that, is that our lives and the, and the disciplines of our life are so extremely connected. Our habits are connected to our identities, who we are becomes what we do. And what we do becomes who we are. And the enemy knows this because he, he loves to rub it in our face. You messed up. And what does the enemy say? You're a mess up. You, you blew it. What does the enemy say? You're a failure and you'll never change. You have an addiction. And what does he say? You're an addict and you can never overcome that. You have struggles in your marriage and you're, you know what the devil say? He'd say, you're, you're going to be a divorcee just like your parents because it's in your family, it's in your blood, and you'll never be any different. And he ties our identity to the things that we do. But here's the truth is that, yes, the things that we do become in many ways who we are, 
But the opposite is also true. Who we are has the potential to change what we do. And when you start seeing yourself the way that God sees you, you know what happens? It starts to change the way that you act. It starts to change the things that you do. So maybe the question as we go into this new year is not what goals do I want to set and all that kind of stuff. Maybe it needs to be who do I want to become? And maybe even more than that, not just who do I want to become, maybe it's who does God want me to become? Some of you say, man, I think God wants me to become the best father that I can be. Love my children, raise them up in the things of the Lord. Others of you say, man, I think God wants me to be a woman of God. I, I want to step up and I want to know the scripture and I want to be powerful in the things of God. Some of you, you, you say, man, I think God wants me to be out of debt this year. I want to be able to be more generous and I want to be able to, to give more and trust him and my finances more. Some of you are saying, man, I think God is speaking to my heart that, that I, I need to get free from some addictions and some areas in my life that have held me bound. Others of you are saying, man, this year I want to be, I want to be a bold witness. That's who God is calling me to be, to win my friends and my neighbors and my loved ones to the Lord. Others of you say, man, God is calling me to be a healthy person this year, to recognize that my body is the temple of God and to honor him with my body. And those are the things that God, that is who God is calling me to be. And then when you determine who is God calling me to be, then you turn around and go, now this is what I need to do. Because of who I am, this is what I'm going to do. Because this is who God wants me to be, these are the habits that I'm going to form. God wants me to be a man of God. That's who I want to be. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up and I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to pray and I'm going to come to prayer gathering this week and I'm going I'm to show up to those things because that's who I am. That's what I'm going to do. I want to be the kind of mom that God wants me to be to my children, okay? You know what that's going to mean? I'm going to make some habits of, of loving on my children and teaching them, reading the Bible with them and praying with them every night and getting them in church. And I'm going to form those habits that will eventually cause me to be able to be who I want to be. I want to be financially free. Okay, well, here's the habits. I'm going to start putting God first in my finances. We're going to get on a budget. We're going to stop spending so much money on ice cream or whatever it might be, right? And here's what happens is when we start seeing who God wants us to be, it starts changing the way that we live and the habits begin to flow out of our identity that God has, the things that God has said about us. We'll look back one year from now and be able to say, I'm different because I started today. It's only going to be where people who strengthen our disciplines when we're a people who don't give up in those moments when you get discouraged, we become a people who are not just focused on what we do, but on who God says that we are. Mm -hmm.